2: autumn afternoon right smack dab in the center of the sports universe it's your old pals fitzy and Hart coming to you from boston sports original 93.7 fm weei weei.com all across the weei sports radio network and heard as always on the odyssey app available today wherever you get your apps and awesome sports talk is found you can jump in and join some two-way sports talk conversation at any point just by simply dialing 617-779-7937. In the first part of the program, when you holler at us, you can say hello to producer Justin Turpin. You say, what up, Turpin? And then later on, Nico is going to be tagging in. So it could be Turpin Nico, her nights now here on Boston Sports <laughs> Original W E E I. The text line is available for business at 37937. And, of course, the socials at W E E I at JumboHeart.com and at Fitzy GFY. We thank the great John Meter Perel and, of course, the BC Broadcast crew as they brought us today's action. An unfortunate outcome for the Eagles today. Uh, 48-22 final. Virginia Tech comes in and kind of stomps out the Eagles today, Andy. It was the second quarter that really was the undoing for the Eagles. It was 10-7 after the first. But when the other team goes on a 21 to nothing run in the second quarter to make it 31-7 to at the half, save for your Super Bowl 51, 28-3, anything's possible miracles. That's usually not going to get it done. On today's program, we will discuss, of course, the big game from Frankfurt, which is now T-minus, ooh, just a little over, a little under 18 hours away from kicking off the New England Patriots, taking on the Indianapolis. Hot dog. A hot dog indeed. uh, Although, I did learn this week, believe it or not, that while most people internationally on a global scale believe that the hot dog, the Frankfurter, was indeed created in Frankfurt, if you do a little bit of an Internet deep dive, there is another city in Germany that claims that they are the one who created the old wiener, and uh, it's actually kind of a fascinating little border war between these two cities in Germany that claim that's where the hot dog was created.
1: So what's the name of the city that got screwed
2: it's something like Cos- Colombe or Cosumbe or,
1: or, Fra- or I don't know. Frankfurt's easier to say, so we went with Frankfurt. Yeah.
2: Like, uh, <laughs>
0: you,
2: where was the hot? See, that's part of fun. Uh, Wiener Schnitzel? No, it wasn't created in Wiener Schnitzel. Okay, here you go. Frankfurt am Germany, is traditionally credited with originating the Frankfurter. However, ja. this claim is disputed by those who assert that the popular sausage known as a Dachshund or little dog sausage. Was created in the late 1600s by Johann Gorgener, a butcher, who was living in Coburg, Germany.
0: Co-burg, now, you can't call it. A,
2: you can't
1: call a hot dog a Coburger. No, that'd be weird. Because
2: I've already got a we hamburger. Say
1: burgers and dogs, because then we would have cookouts with just burgers and other burgers. <laughs> would you like a burger or a Coburg, right. or a, just a burg? Yeah. Yeah. Or a ham I'm or thinking, a co.
2: I'm thinking there's got to be some sort of, like, Ray Kroc who stepped in and, like, changed the course of history because he thought, like, a Frank or a Frankfurter was easier to say than a.
1: Yeah, they had more marketing power behind them or something. It's Mm -hmm. typical. It's like this happened in in football. There's a bit of a rivalry between Princeton and Tufts as to who played the first football game, and it's widely uh, accepted that Princeton did where... My loyalties lie with Tufts, and I think there's a misrepresentation of history. It happens in so many lines of work. Hamburgers, hot dogs, football, we're all getting screwed.
2: Yeah, but they all do go so beautifully together, don't they? And I've been hearing from one and many people that there is legitimate... Now, this may be the last game that people get legitimately excited for on the season, depending on how tomorrow goes and what the outcome is from Frankfurt at the Waldenstadt. And be depending a on, on whether dog? you're
1: actually excited
2: right now... <laughs> Because yeah, I think I that's think a many people are. But I've spoken to a couple folks who said that they're looking forward to the idea of basically having brunch ball because there aren't too many games that start at 9.30, save for, of course, the London games mm-hmm. and now the two games that are played in Frankfurt. I'm not sure if there's going to be two Germany games every year going forward. Wouldn't be surprised if there are. Uh, and it's the whole idea like, oh, you know, speaking to a neighbor earlier today, like, oh, I can't wait. I'm having friends over. We're doing Bloody Marys. Like, how? What percentage of New England is going to be like, you know, shall we say, housed, if you will, by about 12 o'clock tomorrow? Because well, they're all going to be having
1: Bloody Marys and German beers watching the Pats play the Colts. Jones versus Minshew, the matchup of the century. No, it isn't. See, the, even the NFL is marketing it, and I think we were ahead of this curve again on the Six Rings podcast, marketing it with Brady and Manning, the, Thank the you. battle that it should have been 15 years ago. But Can uh, you
2: believe, uh, Andy, when I saw that, Last night or early this morning, I thought it was a joke. On yesterday morning's Six Rings podcast, Andy and I were discussing something that we're going to go over again today. The curious case of the very happy Mac Jones and especially Bill Belichick in Germany, hey, maybe they should stay there, or what's making them smile so much? We'll deep dive on that momentarily. And at the end, you know, halfway through the podcast, I sort of stumbled upon the idea, like, you know, and we sort of ran with now, do you think this game would actually be more fun if you got... Brady to unretire at a geriatric Peyton Manning to actually get out there, flag football or not, and play the game, you know, run it back like Balboa versus uh, Creed for old time's sake, just for fun. And the answer, undoubtedly, would be yes. I think it would be, I mean, there's no, I, I get it. There's no chance in the world. The Colts are still a competitive team. Shane Steichen is competing for rookie coach of the, you know, coach of the year, looking to get the Colts back in the wild card hunt. I get it. They're not going to do it. But at the same time, Undoubtedly, Andy, interest would be tenfold, twentyfold, if it wasn't Minshew versus Jones, but rather, one last time,
1: Manning, Brady, the rivalry of the century renewed. Right, I, and I brought up to start that talk the Goldberg-Undertaker match in Saudi Arabia for WWE, or certainly boxing has gone down this road a million times. A hundred thousand times, yeah. Like Big names, no matter how old, still draw. And even though as a, a fan, you're kind of aware it's not going to live up to the glory days, you I'm still not. are interested. And the the beauty of this would be it's not like boxing or wrestling where you have to order some pay-per-view and like, oh, I, I should I spend 75 bucks on this? Nope, nope. You can just watch it on NFL Network. Oh, my God, the ratings. Did you see the ratings last week, first of all, for Kansas City, Miami? They were through the roof. Were the really Were the Chiefs Dolphins the- ratings really good? The, in Kansas City, more people watched it than the uh, Super Bowl, I believe I saw the number. The Get last out of Kansas, here. Yeah. So, Do people yes. have an
2: appetite for breakfast ball?
1: I mean, this is wild. Well, I think because it's different, yes. Yeah. I'm okay. not sure it would continue to rate as highly if it were every week, but the one-off special nature of this, certainly in a Patriots season that hasn't been, we've been talking about people stopping watching, some people no longer committing to watching Patriots games. I think the... Um, unique nature of this game in the morning and maybe doing a brunch and having a little different feel to, oh, we got mimosas, we got Bloody Marys, we got bacon, we got quiche, whatever, um, might draw some fun. If it was every week, well, no, now it would just be a bad football game played early instead of a bad football game played later in the day.
2: Right. I mean, there's a big difference between if we're tailgating and we set up at 8.30 or 9 and, you know, we got the grill going and now we're having lunch food for breakfast and, you know, we're used to having quiche and bacon and eggs and buffalo chicken dip and whatever but by the time it gets one o'clock usually everyone's just you know ordering their papaginos and d'angelo and you know wild wings and whatever else right and uh, or maybe they're cooking but you get into like the meat of the day but the whole idea of like waking up coffee get the kids a little breakfast next thing you know it's like oh man i forgot the patriots are on and then you're just like it's it there's a little bit of a joyous taboo like a tailgate feel to it the idea of like well oh, i mean it's probably the last time the Patriots games are going to be really fun this year, so and it's on in the morning, so what the hell, right? The next thing you know, you're having a
1: wicked party there. You're having a humdinger at the house at nine thirty in the morning. But And then the if it even if the game sucks, well, you got the rest of the day ahead of you, do whatever you want, right? You're done by twelve thirty or so. You still got an afternoon if you want to go outside, go apple picking, do whatever. You don't have to either or it, you get both. The yeah, Andy, the apples have been picked. Have they? See, yeah, I never do it. I think it's the dumbest thing
2: on the planet. So I have never. Oh, it's super fun. We do, I, once a year. Ah, it's not even just about the. I mean, if you're like me, I think and it's you're the miracle food... of
1: marketing. Somehow, farmers got people to do the job they used to have to do. It's like, hey, you pay me and go pick your own damn apples. I'm like, no, I'll just buy apples, thanks. Yeah, but then I get to go and I get to pick like
2: the really good ones. And if you're into food and you're like me, and you end up like. Making pies and sauces and other stuff with them, and just love the really good fresh off the tree apples. It's a good time. Plus, you get the they're obnoxious fresh family way. photo for the gram. You go
1: to an orchard; they're fresh. Then, then you get go a good th- look at a t-bone by sticking my head up a uh, bull's ass. Right. I'd rather just take the. You're not allowed for to it.
2: use the same Tommy Boy quote once a week. There is a quota. It's got to be twice uh, a month tops. A quota. They, they call them quotes for a reason. I can just go <laughs> past the
1: quota. Uh...
2: Yeah, I mean, next thing you know, then you're at the orchard, and you got to go get the fresh cider donuts, and then there's a swarm of bees there, and you got to try to get next away from thing those. You no, know, my testicles are gone, and I don't know where they went. What just happened to this program? Good lord! I blame Belichick. I do too. Uh, yeah, I think that's the easiest thing to do. The easiest thing, if nothing else, if all else fails, blame Belichick. Blame uh,
1: Belichick.
2: So, quick question for you, as we usually okay. do whenever we are uh, asked or tasked, rather. To host a weekend program, of course, we'll be on tomorrow. Heaven forbid uh, you go a weekend day without your fill of and heart. We will be on tomorrow approximately ish 1230 or so with the six rings postgame show at the conclusion of the Patriots Colts game. We, of course, will be well-mannered, behaved and completely prepared for a long and uh, I'm going to behave myself because I have to also go coach a flag football championship game after the six Rings show tomorrow. You can come in whatever state of disrepair you choose to Damn serve. right. I make I'm, no promises. I am I am not. I am clearly in the phase of my life where I do not tell other grown adults how to live their life. It is a short journey around the sun. So please, by all means, do whatever it is you want to do that makes you happy. That's that. What makes me happy is other people making themselves happy, so long as it does not infringe upon the joy of my particular family or football team. Uh, so we'll be on the Six Rings postgame show tomorrow, and we're here with you tonight until 6 o'clock. Of course, uh, but Andy, as we usually do with our first of patriots theme show, uh, we have the ability to kind of talk a little bit of everything. There's a broad spectrum of topics, both locally and nationally, that I would like to get into today. But we always begin with uh, our highlight of the week, our star of the week, or sometimes we just call it who won the week. So before we get into uh, the Week 10 action for the Patriots tomorrow from Waldenstad. Who would you say had the best week, Boston sports-wise?
1: So, quick sarcastic answer would mm-hmm. be the Boston Celtics, because when you win your first ever NBA in-season tournament game on the new court at the Boston Garden, oh, that's side something note, historic. What do you think of the court? Uh, I don't love it. I don't, I don't love think it. anyone does. Like no, I, I have not heard did. a lot of positive responses. The only positive responses I get, I feel like people who are kind of... Uh, selling something or may have an agenda or just sort of mm-hmm. company men pushing the Aww. product. Um, no, I don't I don't really like any of them. I don't like the whole thing, so that could be um, sort of my bias in my reaction to the court. But the, the stripe down the middle, I almost wonder what it would have looked like if you had just done all green. I know a lot of people don't like that either. They want sort of a traditional wood parquet, this is the Boston Garden kind of look. Um, but no, I don't like it. So, yeah, my sarcastic answer would be the Celtics for winning and advancing or whatever in the in-season tournament, and by the way, just getting a win because they had lost two in a row. But my real answer is whatever the hell's going on, and we're going to deep do-, do a deeper dive into this uh, over in Germany where everybody's happy because the, the fans there are happy that the great mm-hmm. New England Patriots are there, even though – they're not the great New England Patriots anymore. They don't seem to care. They're happy to see Patriots logos, Patriots personnel, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, chanting Robert Kraft at Patriot House. We must protect this house. Patriots uh, House. Love all of it. Uh, and Bill Belichick is wrapped up in it, and we talked about it the other day on on the uh, Breaking Boston podcast. Could be nothing but smiles at his press conference, Mac Jones. So just in a trying season for the Patriots at 2-7, and seven, it, it is kind of enjoyable to watch from afar, like, happiness. Everybody's happy this week. It may fall on its face tomorrow morning, or tomorrow afternoon there, but tomorrow morning as we view it, it may fall on its face, but it's good to see a little happiness in Patriot Nation again across the pond. There has not been the usual or requisite joy in
2: Patriots Nation this year. These have been, as they say, dark times for yeah. Pats fans and Patriots Nation. I understand that. I, co- I completely agree. And just but for a week and a weekend and hopefully a Sunday for the Foxborough faithful or now the Frankfurt faithful to be able to just partake in the joys and the Bacchanal, the indulgences and excesses of football fandom, support their team, don the colors, embrace the Lombardies, the legend of Belichick. There's Mr. Kraft. Oh, my gosh. People around the rest of the world that don't get to see these guys on a regular basis and that truly value and admire and are just like taken rock star style by the sight of the Patriots coming to town uh, and what that meant to them for so long. It is a far cry from the days of Brady Manning, and we are oh so far removed from just even four and a half years ago when they won their sixth championship at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta over the Los Angeles Rams. But it is nice to see joy on the faces of... The Kraft family, Mac Jones, even Mac Jones has been having fun. Bill Belichick smiling. Interesting week for Coach Belichick indeed, but we're here to talk about the the games on the field and not all the nonsense off as well. I agree, Andy. Good to see Patriots fans happy once again. Embrace the joy. Take it for what it is, folks. It is just a game. It is supposed to be entertaining. It's been a unique and fun week to date, and let us hope that it carries through all the way to the final whistle tomorrow. But then again... What I just said probably flies in the face of a lot of people who currently are on the X platform tweeting out, how many games do you want to see the Patriots lose the rest of the way so you can get a new quarterback? So All of them. And I'm literally staring at something right now. What QB do you want the Pats to draft? Let me know. Linked in bio. Like, uh, this is, you know what? This is why we can't have nice things at Patriots House. No, we Six want one, another
1: nice thing at Patriot House.
2: It's the nice things we covet. Yes, it, it is indeed. Uh, I want to get into let's talk a little college ball and also quarterbacks as well, because I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Michigan Penn State game, Andy, uh, by any chance. It was a little the, bit, a little Fox bit. I'm ha- caught up
1: in the controversy as much as the game. I'm yeah, I love same. all these unbiased uh, analysts from ESPN named Howard and Woodson and Schefter, <laughs> all of whom graduated from Michigan. Charles Woodson, me they're by they're
2: the honest. way, uh, has to put you a couple say bucks that, in the Charles. swear
1: jar. You can't say that on TV. Te-
2: nope. It's it's different on cable, Charles. The Pat McAfee people, they're on cable. They they even run a disclaimer before the show every day at noon that says colorful metaphors may be used in this program. You can't say that next on the dais, even if you're talking about the way Urban Meyer composed himself as an NFL head coach. That ain't right, and it won't fly. Yeah, I, I'm into the scandal and the punishment and everything that goes into that as well. I want to get your get your take on that and hear from you guys as well. 617 779 7937 is your telephone number if you care to weigh in on who had the best week in Boston sports. Go right ahead. Your Patriots house and all sorts of other New England sports thoughts are welcome. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. This is Fitzy and Hart on a Saturday on WEA.
0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: 403, how you be? It's Fitzy and Hart coming to you right here on Boston Sports Original, 93.7 FM. W E E I. Good. I'm glad we got rid of that rejoin music anyway. Who needs that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Fitsy, I a quick question. So we. Get out, uh, of, get out of here.
2: Yeah. You can a holler at us 617 779 7937. Whatever you guys want to talk about locally, nationally, yes, regionally, it's all on the table. We're just here to have a free form sports themed conversation with you, good people, before Andy and I, respectively, uh, go our separate suffering ways.
1: Yes. Go ahead, sir. Oh. Um, yeah, forget it. It's over. No, go ahead. What, what is it? No, no, no. It, the, the moment's gone. Go pro- proceed with the segment.
2: I don't even know if I had that much to proceed with. <laughs> proceed. Uh, all right. So we were discussing a little bit of a, a little bit of the college football stuff um, when we wrapped up the first little segment here on the program earlier. I watched a lot of college football today, as I plan on for the remainder of the day as well. I think college football has been having a, an exceptional season. Both in terms of the quality of gameplay, and we've discussed this a lot these days. Why is the NFL, why is gameplay in the NFL suffering to a certain degree? Why is scoring down so much in the NFL? Uh, I believe it was you who proffered the idea that because the NFL has embraced the high school and subsequently college style of gameplay, letting, you know, going with these crazy formations and the athletics and everything, that that is now starting to impact the pro game as well. I happen to think it's just lousy quarterback play, a lot of injuries, and the fact that they don't actually uh, let anyone make contact with anyone anymore. That was Matt Light's theory when he joined us on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast earlier in the week as well. But college football, undeniably right now, having a huge season, massive uh, merch sales, NIL action, packed stadiums. I know it's not quite the same here. BC is six 6-4, and, and they just got their doors blown off by a 500 Virginia Tech team. But college football is clearly entrenching itself as... The number two sport in the United States. Kind of also the number two pro sport now that so many of these kids get paid, Andy. And first it started out with, you know, Coach Prime. I would say he carried the first month of the season in terms of, you know, college football action, interest, and storylines. Then they got their doors blown off a couple of games in a row. They came back and won, but still. They faded into the back into the Rocky Mountains of Irrelevance. Well, they'll be there for a while, but certainly not the same storyline. And then this Michigan scandal, which I think a lot of people regionally here in Pats Nation in New England can kind of relate to in a lot of ways. Uh, The Connor Stallions, was he a rogue agent or was he acting, uh, you know, under edict uh, and direction of Jim Harbaugh and anyone in the Michigan football program? If anyone within the sound of our voice does not know what I'm talking about in a 10-second verbal uh, frequency-modulated Wikipedia entry, basically this guy... Was signal stealing kind of the same way that I? It was Matt Walsh who was doing the videotaping for the Patriots, right?
1: Um. Well, that yeah. was the original. He was the he was the one who was like caught with the camera at. No, 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 no. That was um, Matt Walsh was the first one, wasn't he? No, I think Matt Walsh was the camera operator at oh. Giant Stadium. I don't know. That they was busted. So many, they have so many scandals. It's hard for me to keep the particular. Uh, well, I know.
2: Then there was Dorito Dink later on, and whoever. <laughs> Whoever <laughs> was involved with the the saggy ball saga and all that jazz. Um, so this Connor Stallions kid, it's kind of tough to think that he was a rogue agent and just sort of like trying to please Harbaugh or acting on his own. But at the same time, exactly how much impact do we really think that it had? Yeah, Especially considering that we've had so many people tell us stealing signs and interpreting what the other team is doing is just gamesmanship. Also, dear NCAA... Why not, like they do in the pros as you try to become more like pro football, and pro football emulates the NCAA so much now, why don't you just have a helmet that you can let the kid wear that has a green dot on it so that you don't have to worry about any signals getting stolen in the first place so someone can communicate with a middle linebacker or safety on defense and then a quarterback on offense? Well, anyway, long story short, this Connor Stallion's kid has been dismissed, and now, even before the NCAA could come down on Jim Harbaugh or the Michigan football program. The Big Ten, I kind of almost want to say kind of cowardly, has kowtowed to uh, league pressure, if you will, or conference pressure. You know, heaven forbid Ohio State, you know, get all of their Buckeyes in a bunch. And now they have suspended Jim Harbaugh three games. He can coach the team during the week because of this signal-stealing scandal, but he is not allowed to roam the sidelines. And they did not hear his appeal before today's game. Now, he he is supposed to have his appeal heard, I believe, Andy, next Friday. Correct. So that'll be before the Maryland game. Uh, they're yep. going to be playing in College Park against Tua's brother. And then, of course, the week after that, pretty much the biggest game on the college football calendar will be the number one Buckeyes as they travel to the big house. <laughs> oh, I have to say it that way now all the time. Um they go to the big house and take on Michigan uh, two days after Thanksgiving at 12 o'clock. That should be an absolute ratings bonanza. I feel like this is this is now the spygate of college football. Uh, and now, now you've got, I saw you having some engagements earlier on the X platform. Me? With saying like, "What is? why is everyone saying bet? And all these people <laughs> yelling at you saying like, could you sound older? Holy boomer moment. What I just, you know. It's it's Michigan people saying you know don't bet against us or you should bet on no, us. No, I never. It's on I know. basically. It's just so it's so goofy though. Um, but yeah, this has like become a
1: really big deal. Like
2: this is and now then the Michigan a... coach.
1: Did you see the Michigan coach? I forgot his name. The guy who I, was coached it their today? defensive coordinator. Or was holy I... crying, I mean, he makes Caleb Williams look composed and held together. He said f bombs. He was balling his eyes out thanking Harbaugh for the opportunity. Oh, I everything. missed his post game. Uh, like was it, was it on the uh, sideline? Uh, yeah, like the on-field right off oh, after the game interview to so like
2: the Evan Washburn or Tracy yeah. Wolfson of, of Holy Fox College Football
1: Moses, who cut the onions in his uh, path to the <laughs> microphone. Come really, was yourself. it like a full a full on at the end of the Notebook? Uh, no, he was bawling. He was literally bawling his eyes out, and I've never seen anything like it. Now people are making fun of him, and I think he earned. Oh come on! But, what, well, what are guys not supposed to cry? Come on, go ahead and save that drop, turp. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is. Uh, this is a, a huge story, and we're getting all these, as I joked earlier, like Adam Schefter chiming in. Okay, Adam, you went to Michigan. Stay out of it. Tom Brady. Michigan's interim in his, head coach, Sharon Moore. There you go, Andy. Oh, Sorry yeah. about that. Sharon stay. Moore could not have cried more than he did today. Um, but uh, it, it, Patriots fans, you people, right? I'm, I'm saying. Oh, it. All right, people. let it be known. 410, everyone. Yep. Andy had his first you people. You people have to fully support Michigan and every defense that it lays out in the coming week. You're all in with Harbaugh because this is Spygate all over again. I mean, it's... it's oh, 100%. The, when did you cross the line from, you know, st- trying to decode signs as opposed to stealing them and technology and breaking rules and where you're supposed to be and where you're not supposed to be? I mean, because we know it took place. We've all seen the photos. We all know all the evidence. It's not a they didn't do this or they did do this. They did this. And... The question is, did the punishment suit the crime? So there's actually a little deflate gate also mixed in here, if you've noticed, paying attention to the legalities, where Michigan and Harbaugh are basically saying, like, due process didn't play out. The commissioner didn't have the right to do this. The commissioner says, I do have the right. Oh, where have I heard that before? Oh, he did win in the Fourth Circuit or wherever the hell that went to in New York. Um, Oh, what was the name of the judge, by the way? Now
2: you're going to bring back all the great memories of Deflate. Richard Berman. Yep. That was the one Berman. people are
1: like, my Dick hero. Berman, Dick oh, Berman, but um, and and even this, the judge that heard the first whatever it was today, the 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 restraining order or stoppage or whatever, was like a Michigan professor. He's a Michigan professor. Wait, and I who's a Michigan. Credit.
2: Excuse me, who's a Michigan professor?
1: The judge who heard the immediate whatever it was uh, appeal. Yeah, that they were trying to get Harbaugh on the field today. And yeah. it, w- it it went before a Michigan judge who is yes a professor like one of those adjunct professor, mm-hmm. professors or whatever at Michigan and I give him credit he did not rule with Michigan he wouldn't hear it um, they're they're pushing it back to Friday. But Patriots fans, you got to fully support Michigan because they are you. You are them. It's them against the world. They hate us because they ain't us, the Wolverines.
2: Okay, so first of all, Michigan has already now adopted, and there's a viral Michigan versus everyone or Michigan versus everybody thing that's, you know, logo that all these kids are putting as their avatar. And, you know, that merchandise is now going to sell out the wazoo. Listen, I I feel like it's almost like, you know, in a governmental capacity like What's the line, like, never never waste a good scandal? Um, right. You know, you, know, yeah. and wo- you know, like, war is profitable. All these other, like, secret governmental things where it's like, ew, that's kind of gross. Oh, very. Um, cool. This is, like, don't think that this is not going to maybe make that Ohio State-Michigan game an absolute bonanza. And then we'll see, you know, if other teams that have one or two losses possibly squeak in past, like, let's say Michigan loses to Ohio State. I personally think they're going to uh, bloody them into uh, oblivion. At the big house. Um, that Michigan running game was great, and I love that kid. I, I really like their quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, as well. A lot of so Patriots I note, fans seem to. What's that? A lot of Patriots fans seem to. Uh, because you want to know why? Patriots fans are talking themselves, uh, like myself, into an idea of taking Marvin Harrison Jr. like second overall, and then in the second round you take J.J. McCarthy and you make the uncomfortable marriage of an Ohio State stud receiver and a Michigan stud quarterback your future in Foxborough, two hyper-athletic stud athletes that would actually give you uh, something that we don't have right now, which is wild playmaking ability around
1: every corner at every turn. Um, but you're what right, you say, Andy. two? Number two, that? you want to do that? Number two, you want Marvin Harrison? Um, no. Not sure you can do that. If you get one of the top two picks, I feel like you have to take one of the, either May or Williams. You think so? I, I, I mean, that's a ballsy move. I that's a ballsy move to take a wide receiver, a franchise wide receiver over a franchise quarterback. If you get to three and the two quarterbacks go one, two, I'm with you, Fitzgerald. Marvin Harrison very easily could be the pick at three. If you get one or two, I feel like you have to take the quarterback.
2: And by the way, did you see I know we have to trend in a second and uh, I'll bring you the uh, latest sports trending news momentarily. But did you see the bleacher latest bleacher report draft? Had the had Caleb Williams falling to the Patriots at four? Well, if Caleb cried. Williams falls to fourth overall, the first three general managers should be relieved of their
1: duties on site. Well, but remember yourself saying that. Just just remember yourself saying that because we know how much things change between now and draft weekend. Yes, we, like we, we do. We get caught up in these like this guy's gotta be number one, and then all of a sudden he's not. This guy's scandal, this guy cried, this guy's this. We owe paralysis by analysis, analysis, kicks in sure. between now and then. And if the Patriots He won the get paid Heisman with- last year just because he cried
2: in his mom's arm last week and had an Adam Morrison moment doesn't mean the guy doesn't have the absolute best arm
1: that the NFL could possibly have seen in the last couple of years. Come on, now. He has gone from Patrick Mahomes 2.0 to, like, toxic in some people's eyes so quickly that it is amazing. Well, maybe he will fall to four, in which case the Patriots will once again... Pick five.
2: Who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> They'll pass on him, and they'll take a long snapper. Joe up, Notre Dame. Here, let me just agitate everyone else once again. From Rutgers. There you go. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number if you'd like to jump in. We're going to talk a little more Michigan because I am here for the scandal. And, yes, Andy, you are correct. If you're a Pats fan, you kind of have to be a Michigan man now, and not just because your favorite football player of all time happened to be from there and now, of course, is Collaborating with his clothing brand to make go, you know, Michigan clothing and whatever else. Yes, Tom Brady's from Michigan. They are you in the college world. Are you for it? Are you against it? Does it even matter to you? Let us know. But first, let's catch you up on everything else in the wide world of sports. Trending news now.
1: To win on the road in this environment, when there were doubts, Jerome, what does it mean to you? Well, I thank the Lord. I well, thank Coach Harbaugh. I love you, man. Love this you, man. This is for you. For this university, the president, our AD, we got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These guys right here, these guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to
0: him, man. Love you. Thank you, Coach.
2: These guys did it. Adrian!
1: Even Sylvester Stallone thought that was
2: bad. I
0: love my dead gay son.
1: That's <laughs> that a line was from terrible. Heathers, anyway.
2: No, that's a line from Heathers. That's okay. It's okay to say. It's a movie I don't movie. know what Heathers is. Andy. What? You
1: don't know what Heathers is? I was just referencing Rocky, something that yeah, everybody's okay. seen.
2: All right. I, I went a little deeper. There's probably 17 people listening right now that are probably like, wow, I can't believe Fitzy went there with that reference, but it's a pretty good one. Anyway, long story short. That is Michigan temporary interim whatever you want to call it coach, um, uh, his name again once again his name is Sharon Moore, uh, a very emotional man on field. <laughs> the best thing is in a clip Andy that was let me see hold on, thirty six seconds long, we had an S bomb and two F bombs, so we beeped him out because we had to we had to censor it for. Uh, FCC purposes here on the radio, but when you're live and you're not expect, you don't have anyone ready on the dump button because you don't think the coach is going to just go on an absolute swear a palooza like he's Bill Burr or it's the Pat McAfee show. Hell, they can't even say half of that on Pat McAfee show, and that's unfiltered and comes with a disclaimer. This guy just absolutely goes for it. He's weeping. He's emotional. Uh, that is truly one of the more intense sideline post game pressers interviews that i have seen in a long time and Do we know if why people don't think if people don't think that this is going to become a bigger deal and we're going to start drawing battle lines andy like you're either with michigan or against them whether you're an ohio state fan or an alabama fan or you hate cheaters or you think the hell with it i think belichick got screwed and now i'm um twice as i used to hate harbaugh but now i'm behind him whatever the case this is going to be compelling the remainder of this sports year and if michigan can go back to where they spit the bit last December 31st against a TCU team that was begging to be defeated by 30 points. God, that game drove me nuts. I, I just think it's going to be awesome sports the rest of the way. Might be the best football we'll watch regionally because who knows what we're going to get from the Patriots after their game tomorrow in Frankfurt. Why is he crying? Emotional. He was all worked Why? up. Why? I don't really understand it honestly. Because it's a big. Bec- I think because it's a big deal for him. Like. He's an assistant coach, and all of a sudden now he's made the head coach of the number one team in the country. And they go on the road in a hostile environment like Penn State, where there's a hundred thousand, you know, white-shirted out weirdos all screaming terrible things at him and his team. And they put on that kind of powerhouse
1: performance like that.
2: Get worked out. It's his first.
1: Co- it's his first
2: win as a coach. Like I understand why
1: he's crying. Yeah, I don't. No one died. You cheated. You got caught. A bad uh... coach who was suspended to start the year is suspended midway through the year. Like. I, I don't I, I honestly don't understand it like in college football where we see great reasons all the time for emotion like when the walk-on you know those videos where the walk-on finally gets denounced that he has a scholarship and the whole team mm-hmm. erupts cry your ass off coach cry your ass off kid you cheated you did something wrong you got caught your boss got can't got got suspended you were promoted one spot like i i I don't really understand it. And I know every, all the Michigan people. Another one. Rich Eisen telling me this is why college sports are great. Why? Because you cheated? And and a guy got bumped. Well, like Did they? I, Yeah. <laughs> they cheated. I mean, it's it's been factually proven. There's evidence they cheated. They can argue, yeah. like, some legality. What? He shouldn't have been suspended this you week. You ain't cheating.
2: You ain't trying.
1: Yeah, I know. And I, I expect you to say that as a Patriot fan and a pro Bill Belichick guy. You have to because it's the same damn thing. But when you get caught... Like I don't understand the tears. I don't under. I, I it's weird Andy. Tonight.
2: I have you know what? Now that you keep saying this, I'm steering directly into this lane. I'm even going to go should. through the Jersey barrier and the water, the water you barrels should. and everything. Like you know what? I'm a bigger Michigan fan than I was before. Absolutely, today. you and Jerry Rose should today. get your
1: asses on that big <laughs> house wall. We're going to defend. <laughs> you should. You should be atop the big house. Right, you should I'm be going, the biggest. I'm paint Wolverine. myself maize and navy. Well,
2: first of all, full disclaimer gotta be honest uh i am rooting for michigan not that i've always adopted them as like a college team i'm not a front runner in that capacity it's not a portnoy thing it's not a brady thing or whatever else but my entire all the in-laws they're all michigan grads so michigan kind of runs deep in the family and i would love to see michigan win a championship scandal or not cheaters or whatever uh for my father-in-law who has been watching loyally the same way that i have watched the patriots my whole life he went to michigan uh it's a great pl- obviously it's a great place I would kill for my kids to be able to go there as well um so yeah I'm oh. rooting for them and for for those reasons alone but if it makes it more fun just to decide you know what that's it I'm steering right into that lane oncoming traffic and all I would love a- I miss the days of I, I miss us against them Patriots versus the world when everyone told you that you were a loser and a cheater and called you a lot of other terrible words that I cannot repeat on the radio now because you rooted for the Patriots And when I was even living in New York City and I'd wear a Patriots cap, people would yell at me in bars and, you know, say mean things about me when I was walking my kid on the sidewalk. And I didn't care because every now and again, somebody with a Red Sox or a Pats cap would see me and go, go Pats, go Sox, free Brady. And it would just make me so freaking happy. I I miss us. I miss us as cheaters and really relevant sports teams. Well, the world needs villains. That's how you. Yes. I mean, passion comes Yes, Batman taught us that. Yes. A storyline is not good unless it's only as good as the villain. And Michigan yep. is the villain right now in a lot of people's eyes. And they're a damn good one. And Harbaugh is someone people love to hate. Oh, and This is getting good.
1: Now, if we were go- to go down the NFL um, scripted marketing campaign from this year, you could argue that early college football season, Deion Sanders was the polarizing figure that brought attention. And, and people loved him, hated him, watched him, rooted against him. He's this, he's that. That kind of petered out, as we referenced earlier, based on the talent of his team. They're mediocre. Now you kind of like, uh-oh, we need a new script. What do we got late in the year? Let's go after Har- Harbaugh again. Michigan's pretty polarizing, and here you have this. Their lawyer's probably arguing that, that this is fabricated for the uh, interest of college football. I just think they got caught doing something they're not supposed to.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, they, they probably, it's kind of untoward in the eyes of many as well. Um, that Michigan team, by the way, uh Belichick, we'll see if Bill Belichick is going to be the one who's going to be pulling the strings and calling for the names and the numbers come the 2024 NFL draft in late April or early May 2024. That Michigan team, though, no denying that they are just loaded with talent, and they returned many of the guys that were on the team last year when they lost in the college football semifinal on Christmas Eve. It was a hell of a Christmas Eve of football, by the way. Um, There are a lot of guys that are going to be playing in the NFL next year that are on this Michigan team right now sure. as well. Sure,
1: and you're right. I, I'm not a Michigan fan. I'm not a Harbaugh fan on any level, but Michigan, correct me if I'm wrong, because I might be forgetting somebody, it's the greatest combination of athletics and academics in the country. I would say so. I, right? Michigan's an excellent, Ann Arbor, University of Michigan, Great excellent school. school. Every yep. once in a while Stanford like enters the chat, but their athletics are down Vanderbilt, a little bit. For,
2: Danes to be sort well, of they're not athletically.
1: That. They can't hold the jock of of Michigan no. because football they don't measure up. So I think Michigan basketball, uh, hockey, base like they and then academics are up there with some of the truly elite universities in the country. It's the best combination of athletics and academics on the planet. Doesn't mean I have to like them. Doesn't mean I have to root for them. In fact, when they play Ohio State, I struggle because I root against both, and somebody has to win. Yeah, that's one of those
2: classic cases where it's like, ah, oh, damn, who do I root? Like like J- Jets fans said like trying to root for the Giants in the Super Bowl against the Patriots was just like an absolute
1: junk twister because right. it was like, I hate both of these teams so much. What do I do? And that is, that's Ohio State-Michigan for me. Although I have trouble in major college football these days. I don't really like Nick Saban and Alabama. I don't, you know... You have uh, Dab- Dabo Sweeney becomes less likable with Clemson as they struggle and scuffle through some things. Who am I rooting for? Who do I want to win it all in college football? That's a tough one. I like the yeah. wild cards. I'm going to root yeah, for. It was a it a Kirby
2: card. Smart, the coach at Georgia? He's won he's two likeable. in a row
1: now. He's likable, but because he's won two in a row, he almost becomes unlikable. Yeah. Nope, I got to root against him now. That's right. enough for you. So, so who am I rooting for? I don't hmm. know. It's a great somebody. question. I need the college football playoff to expand so I can have a a true underdog to root for. That's when I'll be able to really root when I root for like the the number eight team to to upset the apple cart and win it all. Well, if you look
2: at the college football rankings right now, Andy, a team that would be fun for you to get behind the rest of the way. Well, first of all, James, how about the wagon that is James Madison? My word! Yeah, uh, you mean. could. Okay, you could
1: root for Oregon, your guy Bo Nix. I kind of like them because I kind of like their shtick. I kind of like their coat. Kind of like the, he and he poked Dion Sanders. I I like people that are not afraid to take Dion uh, on, sort of head to head. Bo Nix is likable. Their uniforms are likable. Okay, could be he, your quarterback next year, so yep. watch out. Yep. Okay. You know, I like the name Bo from Bo Jackson. I name a dog Bo. So okay, Bo Nix is my guy. Oregon, that's who I'm rooting for. Let's go, Ducks. Wah, wah. There you go. <laughs> As long as you promise not to do that. Florida State. (laughs) eh.
2: Washington with Michael Penix. Eh. Texas is in the chat. Alabama. So you don't see you say you don't like Nick Saban. No, I don't
1: like Nick Saban. Texas is kind of unlikable. I'd watch out. Alabama
2: could be they could be making a charge. Alabama's playing some damn good football. top one, two, three, four, five teams. Georgia through Washington are all undefeated right now. It's probably gonna take there could very well be four undefeated teams that make it into the college football playoff. I'm for the expanded college
1: football playoff, by the way. Oh, me too. And it's what year? The 12-team tourney. 25
2: like, it starts? I think in two seasons from now. Yeah. It's I am very be...
1: much looking forward to that. That's how it should be. And that's where you'll get some of these true underdogs, and you can maybe sneak a undefeated smaller team in, and you can jump on their bandwagon. That's, that's when you're going to get whatever the opposite of March madness is, January madness, or December and January madness, or whatever oh, it's going it. to be going to oh, be I great abs-
2: yep absolutely love it i think it would be, i think it would be great and i think it would help more people in an area that unfortunately is not rife with great college football tradition and rivalry in teams to go see it's bc and pretty much throughout all six new england states it i think it would be great for people to be able to embrace the second biggest sport in america but what do we know we're just a couple of humps talking sports on a saturday here on Boston Sports original WEI 617-779-7937 if you want to get in on the chat as well. Um Andy uh Nico, I'm going to call for the if you wouldn't mind playing please a clip momentarily the uh the Ian rapaport the rap sheet clip if you uh could rally that one up in just a second. Andy, I heard this I heard this one um earlier and this one started making the rounds in the last uh 24 hours or so. Um did you hear your favorite guy, Rap Sheet, talking about uh, the Patriots' offense is
1: improving? Uh, I mean, do we need to go down this road? Yes, I heard it. You know what I think about him. He is Ron Burgundy. Whatever they, whatever water they tell him to carry, he carries it, and he is, spreads it to the masses. Is that
2: is it because it's coming from the team, or is it coming from the league, or a combination therein? Because, no, it's, it's coming okay. from the team. Um, It's absolutely coming from the team. All right, well, let's give a listen. Here's Ian Rappaport on the NFL Network, on the NFL Insiders, talking about how Pats fans should take heart in the improvement of Mac Jones and the New England Patriots' offense.
0: Yeah, and how well this team can kind of adapt a little bit and and just improve on offense is going to go a long way in determining which direction the season is going to go. You know, last segment we showed a list of the number one overall pick and, and where everyone is. Patriots are currently in the top five, which is wild, Wild. They do have an opportunity to improve on that. And the fact that Mac Jones has slowly, slowly started to play a little better is a positive. The offense has slowly started to look a little better. Even last week when he threw the interception that ended up costing him the game, that was in his receiver's hands, literally. And he yep. put it there on the money with the game on the line. It's not perfect by any means. They have to get a lot better. But very slowly you're starting to see that happen. And maybe they're picking up what Bill O'Brien is putting down. I just... Don't know if it's too late or not.
2: Okay. That, I mean, mean, he's, okay, it's not like super offensive or super, you know, contestable, but at the same time, massive, I mean, they're not scoring over 24, but they had one good game, and by and large, the offense has been stuck in the mud. I understand they lost their top, they lost their top tackle. I understand they lost their top receiver for the season. I get get it. I get all the things that have dogged the Patriots this year, but I don't know. where That came from absolutely out of left field. I think the narratives have been, how come things are so sloppy? What's going on with Coach Belichick? Is Mac Jones going to get his fifth-year option renewed? Is he even going to play here next year? Not, oh, well, we'll see what kind of season it's going to be. Are there still people that are doing path math and
1: trying to convince themselves the Pats can have a winning season? Um, there's probably some in in your world of Pat's propaganda and Pat's pulpit and some of that, and that's fair because they are two and seven. and if you finish the year at ten and seven, you're probably a playoff team. So there is a math path or whatever you want to call it there. but the reality is this this thought that uh Ian is spewing I think would be fine from Paul perillo a- and he's my buddy. I'm not saying he's a house organ, but I think, You know, he works for Patriots dot com and P.U. And if he wants Mm -hmm. to choose to really emphasize the positive and say, you know, there are there little morsels here of growth and there's little bits of this and that. And but for, you know, the main reporter for the NFL network to be talking about positivity after they went whatever the hell they went on third down last week, it was three of twelve three of 12 or something and they really only scored because had the ball
2: for 22 minutes
1: last and week. jelani tavai punched out a ball they gave him a short touchdown and you had a 64 yard touchdown run like that's all you really had offensively you you're not showing much. and and you know me i'm the biggest bill o'brien defender ever i think he is a very good offensive coordinator and coach and i think he has brought an attempted um rebirth of the offense to the offense and but the results are not there and this is just this is propaganda. This is really taking something and making it fully positive when it just isn't reality. But whether that comes from Bill O'Brien or Bill Belichick or the Patriots or or Mac Jones trying to you know make him look better, I don't know. But it isn't. It's not based in all that much reality.
2: And it didn't see, seem like it was at all to me. It sort of felt like something. I don't think it came from one Robert Kraft or Bill Belichick Central. I think this was almost sort of like trying to do the league a solid, like talking the Patriots up in advance of this primetime showcase game on an international stage. But I just sort of caught me off guard, and I thought, hmm, I, how, how is, I was one of the top inside guys telling us about an uh, an improving Patriots offense when we don't even know who's going to be able to play wide receiver beyond DeMario Douglas? Even that guy's got a dinged-up ankle tomorrow. Oh, maybe we'll actually see Kayshawn Booty. Hopefully he didn't talk about it this week because you know what kind of trouble that gets you into. 617-779-7937, there's your number. We'll continue talking Patriots in advance of tomorrow's game. Pat's Colts, 930, it's sneaking up on you. And so is the next segment of Fitzy and Hart here on WEEI. almost 5 o'clock here on a Saturday afternoon and you're tuned into Fitzy and Hart on Boston Sports Original 93.7 FM, WEI, WEEI.com, and all across the WEI Sports Radio Network. Oh, Andy, the response right now on social media to <laughs> Sharon Moore uh, and his emotional game sideline speech with the three swears. It's very NSFW in case you guys want to search it out. Everyone keeps talking about, like, good Lord, Jim Harbaugh didn't die. What? what, Like, now I'm starting to understand why you said, like, hey, how come this guy got so emotional? Why is he crying?
1: Yeah, I don't, I truly don't understand it. I'm not trying to necessarily be critical. Maybe somebody can bring uh, more um, something. I, I just, like, what is the need for that kind of emotion? Like, is it this guy never thought he'd reach this level of coaching and, like, this is some dream come true? I, I don't know. But, like, he, you said he's the defensive coordinator, correct?
2: I think so.
1: So, you are know, the defensive coordinator at the University of Michigan is a massive job. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, next step is head coach somewhere. You know, oh, yeah. Don Brown had that job. Like, that, that's a big-time job. It's not like you got plucked out of nowhere and this was your one opportunity and you seized it and, you, and like, this is no rags to riches story. This is a guy whose coaching career seems like it's probably on a pretty impressive and positive arc where he's gotten to at this point. And then nothing happened to the team like in sports. Like we've seen so many tragedies in sports and college football over the years where I would understand this and you'd have me babbling like a baby in response to it. But this, this actual scandal, this actual day, it makes little to no sense to me.
2: Yeah. it it, it's a, yeah,
1: it is a bit of an over overreaction. Yeah. I get it, I get it. I'm I'm more okay with Caleb Williams, a player in mm-hmm. sort of a rivalry game. He's a high profile player. Quarterbacks, the the pressure they feel, certainly he feels to carry his team to victory. And you're losing, and your parents are there, and maybe that's even like a throwback moment. Like, I'm even more okay with Caleb Williams crying on his mom's shoulder like that. Sure. You, you've invested a lot as an athlete and the competition and everything as a as a grown man. Is this guy 40? He's a grown man. He might want to know After how to... After
2: me, I'm 40.
1: I'm a man. He might, might want to know how to compose himself as a professional. Yeah, I just... That that was very strange. Very, very strange. And this isn't some hard-o, like, men can't cry. No, no, no. Men can cry. If this was a female coach... If a female if we get to the point where there are high profile college NFL coaches that are females, I would I would question the woman crying just as much. This is nothing about male, female, man, woman. This is this is careful whenever we start crossing those gender lines. Well, I'm just, you know, we might talk about that later in the show. Um, But like man, woman, I just don't see the need for this emotional response in this situation. Like, okay, you made the best of it. You got the job done. Move on.
2: Speaking of emotional responses, great segue. It is market 10, after all. Uh, over in Germany this week, it, we have seen a different Bill Belichick and a different Mac Jones than we have seen all season long, basically, or at least since the struggles uh, came to came to town for the Patriots, excuse me, who set 2-7 and seven on the season. We were discussing it yesterday on the Six Rings podcast as well. Bill Belichick, since arriving in Germany has been downright plucky. He's just been uh, he's just been joyous. He's been he's had a smile on his face almost the whole time. Mac Jones laughing it up with the local media. You would never think that's a quarterback who could see his professional career in the balance, could lose his starting job at any point in the season, has 10 touchdowns to 10 picks, is only 2 and 7, has never really gotten things back on track from his upstart rookie season. Bill Belichick, oh, could he be coaching for and we're in, could he be coaching for his job? Could he get canned on the way back from Frankfurt if the Patriots get blitzed in Germany? I think we both agree that that's not going to happen, correct?
1: I don't believe that will happen, and I also think it would be the, probably the worst thing that the organization could do. It makes no sense to me why that would even be a consideration.
2: Uh, there are some that would probably try to sell us or convince us of an idea that, you know, putting Mayo in with these guys to see if they can turn them around and find out who really are the gamers and the grinders the rest of the way and you know, who you got for next season, because it has been slop. I mean, they've been in enough games that if the tides turned a little bit or the odds were a little bit better in their favor and they didn't make mistakes, they may end up having had a better season, but they that's just not the way it's gone this season, and sometimes the pendulum has to swing the other way, but they have definitely been a victim of their own demise. But I just, I, it's nice to see Belichick smiling again. It's nice to see Mac Jones laughing. Is that because of the magnitude of the game? Do you think it's because of the the response they've gotten from all the fans that are just so happy over there? I mean, is everyone just waking up and chugging steins of beer so everyone's in a good mood all day long? Like what do you think is the main reason behind the joyous outlook of Bill Belichick
1: thus far in Germany? Uh, the environment. I mean, I think it breeds itself. He they're upbeat, he's been upbeat and smiled in past trips across the pond and, and to the Super Bowl. Like the environment changes. It's not the day to day Um, tete-a-tete with the local media, the negativity of the local media, which isn't really negativity, it's just the facts of the situation. Um, So I think there's some of that. I was going to make some corny joke about, hey, you know how the toilets go in a different direction south of the equator? Well, Belichick actually smiles. That frown turns upside down when you cross the Atlantic Ocean. But I'm not going to do that. That would be lame and stupid. Um, No, I think it's just, you know, when you're getting a question from a lighthearted, like, uh, Spanish reporter uh, Bill Quechon Boutte. Will he play this week? Like, it's just a different environment. There's just a different air to it, and I think that breeds the positivity and the smiles that you get over there because nothing's changed. <laughs> they're still two and seven, and they're an underdog to the four and five Colts. Like, nothing has gotten markedly better. It's not like, oh my God, that that injured guy who's the greatest player on the planet, he's healthy this week, and wow, we're excited to go play and entertain and do this. Nothing has really changed except the location of the game, so I'm going to say the location and the air and atmosphere of friendly reporters, friendly fans, energy, people that are just happy to see you, I think that is uh, trickling into the uh, organization itself.
2: I think we said last week at the tail end of the Six Rings post game show that this quite honestly would be or could be the best time for the Patriots to be going across the pond overseas and offshore to play a football game because... Right now, they just need a hug. The Patriots just flat out need like a warm reception. They need to hear people cheering for them. All four quarters, no lousy sounds, no booing from the home squad, no empty seats. It'll be a packed house. Patriots gear, Patriots house, Patriots paraphernalia, Patriots fervor, Patriots fandom, as far as the eye can see. I'm not saying that this will be the, the remedy or the cure-all for everything that has ailed the Patriots to date on the season. But it is really nice to see people actually like super excited about a Patriots game because we haven't really felt that since before the season and coming off of that lousy preseason that saw only the starters in but three series against Green Bay where there wasn't much movement, uh, much action, much much offense to get excited about. It's nice. It's a. It's just a. It's a pleasant respite as well for both Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, and all the Pats fans as well. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven is your telephone number. One hour left to go here on a Saturday afternoon edition of Fitzy and Hart
0: on WEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?